0: You just have to start somewhere and once you start and you have something good to bring to the world, which I believe everyone does, then YouTube, the algorithms, everything will work for you because if you're trying to put good out into the world, I think good will come back to you.
1: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce, host of The Visual Lounge, where we talk about using images and video, mostly in the workplace. But today we're going to go outside of that. We're going to talk about and with someone who has been very successful at something that we have never talked about on this show before. And I'm super excited to be able to talk about. She is a creator for YouTube, focused on food and cooking and all these amazing things. And we happened to, to connect with her at Vid Summit, uh, this awesome show about creating and using uh, YouTube as a creator to grow your business. And so we're gonna talk to her. And what's what, you know what, this is gonna be so good. So we're just gonna dive in with our introduction. So let me introduce to you, to Lisa Childs. Lisa Childs is a YouTuber, food blogger, and cookbook author. She started her website, Tried, triedtestedandtrue.com and YouTube channel in 2019. In February, 2020, Lisa was named YouTube's creator on the rise, and she is now a full-time video creator. In 2021, she published her first officially licensed Instapot cookbook with Simon & Schuster. It's called I Love My Instapot, Cooking for One. Lisa and her team of employees love to help their readers have confidence and joy in the kitchen. Lisa loves to eat ice cream, watercolor, or, and I should have looked up how to say this, gouache, paint, nap, listen to podcasts, volunteer, and travel to find delicious foods. She resides in Salt Lake City, Utah with her two amazing children and her husband, Brett. And with that, we'd like to welcome Lisa to the Visual Lounge. Hi, Lisa. Hi,
0: Matt. Good morning, and thank you for having me on the podcast.
1: You bet. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We were so pleased, uh, as we were talking before that, just to be able to connect with you at VidSummit. And for full disclosure, uh, we had a contest that was at VidSummit, and Lisa was a winner uh, of a, a great camera, and hopefully she'll get lots of use out of it as she makes more videos.
0: Yes. Thank you so much.
1: So, Lisa, as you as we get started here, um, let's just kind of dive into a, a, f- a few questions. So, And then we'll get to kind of the, about a little bit more about you. But first thing, um, what would you say is one tip you would give everybody to help them if they're looking to create videos, get better at creating videos? What's one tip you'd say, like, here's how you can do it. Uh, obviously, there's a million things you need to do, but what's one thing?
0: Yes, and it, especially for aspiring creators and for people who are just beginning, it is so easy to just get lost in the weeds of, well, I need this camera and I need this mic and, you know, my, my script's not quite right and my editing is not perfect. But honestly, the number one tip that I give every single person that comes to me who wants to start using video or wants to start using YouTube for their business is you have to just start. I know people who are making buckets of money and are so 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 successful and their videos are filmed on Android phones. Like it doesn't matter your equipment or your setup. You just have to start and if you know that you're bringing some value to your audience, then the success will come and you can upgrade and you can change those things later on, but You have to start somewhere and the first couple of videos, they're not going to be great. You're going to look back and cringe a little bit on every past video, but that's kind of the point. You have to get better and better and you're never going to get better if you don't start.
1: Perfect advice. I, I I'm pretty sure we I've given that same advice because it's so valuable, right? Like because if you yeah. don't start, you can never get better. You can never improve. So let's let's talk about your start because you know, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we've never had someone who is a creator and focused on food and cooking and the kitchen. And I mean, those are amazing things. And I've watched your your videos, and they're 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 so good. To and you do such a good job. So. How did you? Were you? I'm guessing you weren't born a cook. You didn't born weren't born creating uh, uh, cooking videos. So where did you start? And how did you start to learn about video and making video?
0: You know, I actually have loved food and cooking for my entire life. I recall when I was in elementary school, I would watch the Food Network and Cooking Channel. Like instead of watching cartoons and I was always in the kitchen, like just mixing up ingredients. I'm sure it was disgusting and, and it was just crazy. <laughs> but my mom offered me that freedom to just experiment in the kitchen. And that's something that I've been doing since I was a little girl. Um, but as far as the videos go, um, you know, it's just kind of gradual. Right. With the Internet, like first we were all posting on Facebook, our our 60 60 photo album or 60 photo max (laughs) limit albums on Facebook. And then when Instagram came around, it was, you know, single photos with the filters. And then eventually there was like a little video function on Instagram. And as creators, we always have to adapt. And that's kind of one of the biggest complaints about the internet is people say, oh, it's always changing and it's so frustrating. But that's kind of the excitement for me is like things are changing and you always have to learn and adapt. It's always going to be moving. And if you don't, you know, if you don't catch on and and get with it and just try and learn and adapt, you'll get left behind. And so for me, it was kind of just out of necessity. I saw that video was the way that, things were going online. And I had a good friend who was a YouTube creator, just reach out to me and say, Hey, I, I saw that you're making these videos and you're posting them on Instagram and you're posting them on your website, but you need to get them on YouTube. That is where you're going to hit the most people. And it's going to help more people. So just start putting them on YouTube. And I was a little bit nervous for sure, because, you know, at the time, maybe five, six years ago, I was like, Oh, I don't know. The only people on YouTube are like these big, Loud, obnoxious creators, and I just don't feel like that's me. And she said, "You know, just be who you are, be yourself, and help people, and the audience will come."
1: Yeah. Uh, well, well, I love that. I, as I was as as preparing for today, and I was reading on your website a little bit about about you, I saw that you started off uh, corporate wise as a technical writer, and I I often think about the relationship. I know it's and I'm weird, so that's why it's often I think about these things, but like the technical writer. And cooking mm-hmm. are are, you know, it's very it's process, it's instructional, mm-hmm. um, and so do you feel like that's something that has guided or helped you as you've moved that transition from a you know corporate technical writer into this this creator who's teaching people about cooking and food?
0: Oh, absolutely, like a hundred percent. Because in my work as um, a technical writer and a documentation specialist, our job was to kind of make software that was that had the potential to be confusing or could be highly technical and pare it down to make it make sense to the lowest level learner and as a recipe creator that's exactly what I'm doing and there's an art to doing it where you need to be technical and also simple not condescending but um, not too simple, but also thorough. And so everything that I learned in that job helped me helps me every single day, you know, just the technical aspects of just process writing and and um, the semantics of how you write things properly. and just it's basically just helping people in the very best and most clear way. So it's definitely um, been my greatest asset in my current career um, doing all that technical writing for several years.
1: I, I love that transition. I can see that, uh, coming together. And you talked about, you know, you were already making videos for like Instagram and stuff that kind of that progression you went through, right? I'm curious, do you happen to remember the first time you put camera, maybe this is a weird way to say it, but put, put camera to food and said like, Oh, I, I, I can, I can teach somebody how to do this, or I can, I can show somebody that something that's going to be helpful because I do think that's such a key piece to being successful on YouTube or uh, the other platforms, right? Is making sure it's usable. Something I I like, it's fun to look at stuff, but it's more fun I think for me to go and read and learn about the process. And uh, so do you remember what the first thing is that you did?
0: That's a really good question. Um, Let's see, honestly, I was just posting like my personal recipes, what I was making for dinner on my personal social media And that's kind of what got me into where I am now Um, ever since, you know, social media kind of started taking off right about the time when I got married. And so um, I was posting what I was making for my husband and I It's just very, you know, simple things. But I finally had like some freedom and some room (laughs) in our small apartment versus living with roommates where I could experiment and I could cook things. Um, So I was just posting what we were eating for dinner and then several years down the line after i got my first instant pot and instant pot was barely new at the time there was there were not very many resources on the internet about how to use an instant pot even recipes and so it was really confusing for people because there's definitely a learning curve when it comes to using an electric pressure cooker it's not something that you know people in it's not a super modern i it's an old fashioned way of cooking but it's like modernized mm-hmm. um, with the electric. The electric version. And so it's just something that requires a learning curve. Uh, So I was posting some photos and videos and stories about how I was making uh, certain dishes in my Instant Pot. And that was what was getting the most traction from just my personal friends and family. And people were calling me and messaging me. And these were people that I wasn't even super close with. So I was like, okay, lots of people are asking me about this. You know, maybe I should start sharing it on a public platform. So that's when I started um, my Instagram account. Instant Pot Cooking is what it was called in 2016. I just started it, and I I did not think anything of it. Um, I forgot about it for a couple weeks, and then I opened it again, and there were like 53 followers or something like that, and I was ecstatic because these were all people I didn't know. Yeah, and you know, in 2016, that is like, oh my gosh, like I there's there's people on the internet that want to that want to know what I'm doing. And I don't know any of them, which is bizarre. And so I was just posting videos and stories were kind of new at the time as well. So I was just posting stories of what I was making in my Instant Pot. And it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And it turned into kind of a big account. Um, And that's when I transitioned from just Instagram to, you know, my website and then my YouTube channel after that.
1: Yeah that that's that's awesome but I can again it would just drawing back to that technical writer like here's an item it has an interface that instructions are sometimes at best uh unclear <laughs> right because yeah. i i've used one and i think it's probably a lot of people have and it's often wondering do i hit this button do i hit it twice do i hit it you know so i yeah. can see how that, that the ability to translate kind of the 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 tech speak into the kind of the common language would be super powerful. So, you know, obviously as creators, I think everyone wants to grow. They want, you know, you want to see 53 new subscribers. You want to get to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and you, you want to go through this process. As you've gone through that, what's what have you found to be challenging? Uh, or are there challenges that are different from being a small, just I'm going to do this because uh, people are asking me lots of questions to now that is, you know, the pressure of like, well, You've, you're over a hundred thousand. Now what? Right. Like you, do you find that it's a, a different level of like of what you have to focus on or things change have changed as a creator for you?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a struggle every single day. And unless you're Mr. Beast, I don't know of anyone who's like, Oh, I'm just thrilled. Like, I'm just so happy with how things are going. Like, I'm, I'm good if everything stops tomorrow, you know, as creators, I think we all have this innate kind of drive for more and to want more. And um, when you're a beginner creator, I think it's pretty exciting because you're hungry for it, like, and you have to get to a certain threshold in order to start monetizing your content. And so that's like a very um, obvious and clear benchmark for creators to try and get to And so you're working for every single page view, you're working for every single view, you're advertising yourself, you're putting yourself out there and you really have to market yourself because, you know, you're unknown. And so I think there's kind of something exciting about that stage because you are so just like excited and hungry for it. And it's hard because especially when you're not making any money, it's like, you have to make this work, you know? right. Whereas when you become a little bit bigger and there's more of a steady, steady income, and it's um, a little bit easier to become complacent or to start complaining about things that are out of your control, there's definitely things, you know, everyone can work on so many gazillion different things. And every single one of those things are important in the long term. So I think it's important to just narrow your focus on maybe one or two things where you're like, okay, I really want to work on improving this in my next video, whether that's audio, whether that's production value, whether that's the editing or the flow or the topic or the thumbnail, there's so many different things that we can put our focus on as creators. So for me, it's, it's always changing. And after going to a conference like VidSummit, I always have, I actually have my notebook right here. Um, I have like three different lists. So the first list are action items. It's like completely separate from like the notes I'm taking. So I'm taking notes during sessions, but there's an action item list. Okay. That's something I have to do when I get home. Um, the second list I have is just content ideas. So, Oh, I heard something during one of the sessions that sparked an idea for me of, you know, how I can apply that to one of my videos, like topic wise or transition wise. Okay. This is an idea that I want to do this is a video title or whatever it is. And then the last list is just the main highlights, the notes, the the little gems from the speakers. So it's, there's just always different ways that you can improve, but that's just, those are just some of the ways that I am trying to always improve and, and focus on.
1: Yeah. I I love that. And I love that you've broken it up in those lists so that it makes it easier for you to, to go through and uh, kind of figure out what it is you're going to actually do because I think any any event, right? It's hard to know like or remember because there's just so much information. One yes. of the, one of the things I'm cu- curious about here is uh, we just actually had a, a session we did with Nick Nimmin. You might I, I don't know if you know Nick's work. He does a lot about creating YouTube. We we're talking about time management and one of the things I'm curious about for you as you've as you've grown, do you do you system have you systematized your videos? Are you are or is every video a unique? kind of beautiful creation that's going to be unique on its own <laughs> way or are as you've grown have do you think about things like how to use templates or kind of structures over and like repeat repeatable pieces not that you're doing each piece like i'm pulling this piece from you know it's going to be in every single video but like are you thinking about from like because obviously if there's pressure to create and release every day or once a week that's a lot and i gotta imagine and maybe we'll t- be able to talk about this, but food videos, I've got to imagine take time because food yes. takes time. Cooking is not, it's not as much as they call it an instapont, it's not instant, right? Like, so how are you breaking up the work that you do to make sure that you can be consistent in in your publishing schedule, that it isn't overwhelming to recreate, you know, I got to imagine if you're trying to recreate a video, I can't do it. That's why I have a structure for the show. So I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on how how you do that. And what advice you'd give to others to help them to do that?
0: Right? Well, absolutely. You have to have a system, you have to have a schedule. And um, early on in my videos, I was really, really hyper focused on getting everything perfect. Like, it would take me two hours to set up my cameras and to get ready, and I had a script written out. And what I found with those videos is the ROI was just not there. Mm -hmm. You know, they were performing, but when you spend five hours just preparing and shooting one part of a recipe and then you need to put five recipes in a video – that's just not sustainable, especially because in the beginning at the time I was editing all my own content and I can edit videos. I'm decent at it, but I'm not a professional editor. And so it would take, and a a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to your own content, it's very vulnerable to put yourself out there. So you want everything to look really nice. Um, I was, you know, taking 12 to 20 hours to just edit one video. It's like, I cannot sustain this long-term Um, If I want to be consistent. And what I tell anyone who's who comes to me and says that they want to start a channel is you have to figure out a way to be able to scale and to sustain whatever schedule you're going for. So instead of doing five videos in one week and then no videos for two months because you're so burned out and you're so tired and you just are so overwhelmed, make it so you're doing five videos once a week or not five videos a week, you know, one video a week for five weeks, that is so much better than just these clumps and spurts of productivity, because consistency is always going to be better than like anything else, especially on YouTube. So some of the things that I did were, (laughs) um, I, I simplified my, my filming, uh, setup. So before I was using two DSLR cameras, I had a big lighting setup. And I realized after doing some analysis on my channel and kind of looking at who my viewers were, what they were saying in the comments that I didn't need that production value in order to connect with the audience and to give them what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my friends who are these big creators and they were doing multiple videos a week. I was just like, how are you doing this? Because it's taking me hours to just set up. And they said, Oh, No, you don't need that setup. I do my videos on a phone. I bought like this cheap mic and like, I'm just like pumping out videos. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) if they can do it, I can do it too, because I have value that I can give. It doesn't need to look perfect. So, you know, I changed my camera. I kind of, I, I invested a little bit more in better audio. So it would kind of make up for that, um, that camera that change in like the camera quality that Mm -hmm. I was looking for. And I just made it so I could just record a lot quicker. Um, I stopped glamming, like spending an hour getting ready for each of the videos. (laughs) And I just said, you know what? It's okay. If people like me, they'll watch me. If I, if I look like I always do anyway, especially because at the time, both of my kids were babies and it was just so, so difficult. I was recording after they went to bed. So this is like at 10 o'clock at night after I got everything set up, you know, got my makeup on, got ready. It was just not sustainable. So now I have a much healthier schedule. I have systems in place where I plan out my content and I have dedicated days for filming and it's just a lot less stress.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, and that's, that's part of it, right? Like there's, cause there's just a lot of pressure to be a creator, especially when you reach a certain level, I think there's an expectation and um, yeah, but I, but I love what you're saying about the, you can shoot with an iPhone, you can shoot with lower quality stuff. It's about personality. It's about good content. It's about, is it helpful? And so, so I, I, I do really love that. All, along your journey, I'm curious, um, cause it seems like you've actually gotten to a lot of success fairly quickly. I know I talk to a lot of creators and, you know, they'll tell you about when they were starting back, you know, 10 years ago and. They were lucky to get one or two viewers, and then you know they've grown. And yep. then you get like a yeah. Sean Cannell who's at like 2 million viewers or whatever, or 2 million subscribers. When did you what was the aha moment that you knew things were going well? Uh, that like, oh, this is really going someplace. I mean, uh, you talked about the 53 people uh, on, on the Instagram that were not people that you knew. Was there like, particularly on YouTube, <laughs> was there a moment that you're like, oh gosh, this is real, this is happening?
0: Yeah, that's a good question because I kind of constantly am waiting for that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Even though, even though, you know, I am so, so grateful and I'm so, you know, I've been blessed to be able to make this a career that can sustain my family. And I will, I mean, the first several years, I did not make like any money doing any of this. And so it's kind of hard now to look back and be like, well, why are you saying you're struggling? You know, why is it a struggle if you're like making money and like, you're doing this for a job, you have a team. It's like, because there's always something to be better, uh, bettered. And there's always something that can improve as far as a certain moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, actually I think that was probably at the beginning of this year. So 2023, um, has been a really good year in 2022 my whole goal was to kind of transition my strategy from because um, I have my website and I have my cookbooks and I have you know social media and I have YouTube I really wanted to make YouTube my primary focus and to make that a sustainable main part of my my revenue streams mm-hmm. for for the business. and in 2022 I was kind of laying down all those all the necessary steps in order to make that happen. And so 2023, I think, has really kind of gotten in a good place. So the very beginning of this year in January, I had several videos right after Christmas because I really strategized at the end of the year. And I was like, hey, what's, you know, I did a ton of research to make sure that December and January were going to go well. And you can plan all you want, but every anyone will tell you oh my gosh i thought this video was going to be a massive hit and then it's like a 9 out of 10 or like you know it's just it doesn't perform as well as you think it does and then there are some videos where you just kind of you know they're they're fine and then they like take off
1: yeah
0: um but at the end of last year beginning of this year i had a couple videos kind of back to back just do really really well and i was like okay my research like really paid off and I made more in those, those two months than I did in like the several couple of years prior to that, almost combined. And I was like, okay, this is like possible. Like this is possible to, I don't know, to hit that level of some kind. And now I'm just kind of chasing after that again. And like, you know, I'm doing the research, I'm putting in the work and the time in order to just try and plan and create the best content that I can, because obviously You know, it's highs and it's lows and it's highs and it's lows. But the main goal is to just up and to the right eventually. But there's always lows. People always see the highs and the the peaks. But what I always focus on are the lows because that's what I live in day in and day out. And I'm like, okay, how can I get to those highs and how can I replicate that success?
1: I love it. I want to pull out for our audiences listening that the reality here is that it's work, right? Like, I love that you're talking about the planning because... I think so often and from a it's like, well, I can just turn on my camera and I can talk. Well, you can, but that's not what was successful. It's it's understanding the markets, understanding the audience and doing that research. And I think what a what a great lesson to for us to take away is that you have to put in the effort up front. It's not even necessarily that's not even about the video. It's not about the camera, it's not about the audio. It's just what is what is it that's gonna resonate and understanding the audience. So thank you for that. I I really appreciate that. Um We'll go. I want to get to speed run question here. But I, I do want to ask you. So one of the things that you shared with us, and I was really grateful for this is that you actually started your journey of, of as video editing. And now I understand that you're this is not your current workflow. But because you have a team that you work with, which is super cool to see that you've gotten to that point. Uh, but you actually started your video editing uh, process with Camtasia. Yes. Yeah. So that's really cool. So tell us a little bit about like, how did you find it? And, uh, you know, why, why was that something that you used uh, early on? Yeah, so I was
0: working um, as a technical writer for about four years before I kind of got into all of this world. And during that job, um, I was in charge of making our video tutorials. So um, every single week we had a product release. And so I was in charge of making the videos, highlighting the changes in the UI, explaining the new features. and making a video for all of our users to kind of just, you know, see what was happening that week. So I had a lot of uh, experience using Camtasia in a very simple, you know, workflow because we were just doing screen, uh, screen recordings and, and voiceovers, but it was, it was manageable for us on our team. Like we didn't need anything super crazy. Uh, You know, we're not, We're not editing like a feature film. Mm -hmm. And so it was just extremely simple, extremely easy to use, very um, approachable. And so I got really comfortable using Camtasia at work. And so when I left that job, it was just very obvious to me that I was just going to purchase, you know, a home license for myself. And I, I I mean, I spent so much time in Camtasia. Like I said, I spent so many hours editing videos at that, at that, you know, the beginning of this whole YouTube journey and it's an amazing tool for people who are just starting out. It's, um, it's affordable, but it's very high quality. And there are some features that I just, I just really loved about it. So it was just really good to, um, have that background experience and then to be able to use it, um, in a different way, because now I'm, you know, adding footage and we're adding a little bit more effects and, um, I just, I just have a soft spot in, in my heart for Camtasia because that's where it all started.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that because I, I, you know, I, it's funny, you know, just thinking about your, your journey through that. And we, we so appreciate when, when people get started, you know, even we know sometimes people grow on to go on to grow into other tools and with the team and things like that. And, uh, but it's cool to see that you got your start with us. So we'll, we we'll, yes. we'll, we appreciate that. All right, uh, Lisa. <laughs> we're going to jump into our speed round questions. If you're new to the podcast, speed round questions are quick questions uh, answered. Quick, ask, I guess, they are quickly asked and quickly answered. So let's okay. go. Put we'll play the stinger now. We, the dice cam is down for this one, but that's okay. We've still got some great questions for for you, Lisa. Okay, Lisa. Uh, you you mentioned that you started off watching food Food Network as a as a kid, right? Who is your food your favorite Food Network chef?
0: You know, there's so many good ones, but I have to just go back to Emeril Lagasse because he Mm -hmm. just had the, you know, the bam, the, the, (laughs) just the excitement and the passion for cooking. Like it was just inspiring to watch, but obviously I love them all. Bobby Flay and Ina Garten and Sandra Lee, Rachel Ray, they're all just fantastic. Those are like the OG Food Network stars.
1: I'm an Alton Brown man myself, but, you
0: know. Oh, I love Alton Brown too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely him.
1: Okay. So I know in, in, in the world of YouTube, particularly there are, I, I mean, there's so many food focused channels and it's, I mean, it's very competitive, of course, like in that way, but in YouTube, we're all friends and family. If you could go and cook a meal and get to eat that meal with anyone that's a, a YouTube creator, that also is the kind of the food kitchen space. Who would you you recommend, who would you wanna go sit down and have a meal with?
0: Oh man, that is such a good question. You know, there is a creator. um, His name is, well, his his channel name is Pro Home Cooks. And all of a sudden I can't remember his name, but he is so just smart. And just so intelligent, and I love his style. And I would just love to just go sit down with him in his studio, talk to him about YouTube and food and cooking and all the things. Like I, I love his sourdough recipe. I have a video on his sourdough recipe on my channel. So I would love to sit down with pro home cooks. And now I can't remember his name. All of a sudden, that's Is so it, sorry.
1: Mike Greenfield. I think so. That sounds okay. right. I think his name's I, I, Mike. I googled it. So that's you know, okay. Yeah, I didn't that's know. Him. I'll have to check it out. yeah. I mean, so I think that it, I mean, what what a great experience that would be, like how fun that would be because there's so many interesting people. and I love, you know, like the thing I love about YouTube creators and creators in general is the just the willingness to share and to talk. So, yes, if Mike fight by is by some chance, pro home Cooks is watching this or finds <laughs> out of it, well, let's see if we can get you guys together to break some sourdough bread together.
0: That would be amazing. Yes. And I will just say, sorry, I know this is a quick yeah, round, but no. I have never met a creator, no matter how massively huge they are, or if they're just beginning, I've never met a YouTuber who's not willing to just help in some way or go the extra mile to help another creator. Like if I have questions about something, or if I need a a reference for, you know, a a printer for my my cookbook or anything like that. I have always been able to go to any creator, no matter how huge they are and ask for some help. And they are a hundred percent willing to help me. And I think that's something that is so beautiful that I found, um, in this community is just the community aspect of it. Like there's not very many YouTubers in my neighborhood, but I know I can go, you know, hit, you know, just go somewhere on, on YouTube or on Instagram and find someone reach out and like Everyone is so, so generous. And that's something that I really try and, you know, just, just pass, pass it along and help someone else because I wouldn't get, I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't be where I am without just the generosity and the expertise and knowledge and help from others.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that. And for the record, Lisa, there are, are no YouTubers in my neighborhood. I get, (laughs) I I get about as close as it is. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Okay. I'm really torn. I've got one more question and I've got two in mind. And so I'm going to, I'm going to put them both forward and you can, you can determine which one you're going to answer. So I, I was watching one of your videos and you were talking about soup and how good your soups are. Like you, you, claim to be a, a master at, at soups, right? I don't know if master's yeah. the right word, but you're really good at soup. So one question is, what's your favorite soup to eat and to make? But the other one is, you obviously, you you built this your kind of your brand on the start of like the electric pressure cookers, Instapots, things like that. And I'm curious because I know how hard sometimes it is to keep them clean, to wash them continuously. And I'm wondering how many electric Pressure cookers do you have? So you can you can choose which question are you gonna answer, but uh, (laughs) I'm curious about both.
0: Well, I can't answer both really quickly. So the first question, I had like 10 or 12. I don't know. My husband built me an instant pot shelf in the garage because I had so many, (laughs) but I literally just got rid of almost like half of them because I had a lot that I bought when I was developing my first cookbook. And they just sat in the garage, you know. So I gave a bunch away to my friends and I sold some. So now I only have like maybe 3 or 4 it's just like a manageable amount so <laughs> just a couple now um as far as the soups yes i i like i think i'm really good at soups because a lot of times i see people make soup and it's just like vegetables floating in like clear broth like mm-hmm. there's no flavor there's no love like there's no layering of the flavors and so i am really passionate about my soup recipes because they're like my pride and joy i think they're just excellent so my favorite one to make is my um homemade chicken noodle soup recipe with homemade egg noodles it's a tiny bit of a labor of love but it is the best chicken noodle soup recipe i've gotten so many comments and just reviews from my generous readers who are so kind that have said, you know, this is like the best recipe I've ever made. And for something as iconic as chicken noodle soup, I find that to be like a huge compliment because everyone has their own, you know, spin and everyone has their own way of making chicken noodle soup. But it's definitely my favorite because it's just, it's so, so good. And I've just shared this experience and this recipe with so many people. And so I feel like I'm very connected to that recipe. So that's my favorite one to make my favorite one to eat. Honestly, it's just my egg drop soup recipe. I make that one multiple times a month because I always have the ingredients on hand. I don't have to measure anything. It's extremely soothing, especially when I'm sick and in the winter when it's cold, like mm-hmm. right now I've had it multiple times this week. Um, it's just super simple. I can get it done in 10 minutes and it's delicious packed with protein. It's healthy. It's so good. So those are, those are my favorites. <laughs>
1: I I I love those answers, and I love that there's still three to four electric uh, pressure cookers in the home. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, Sorry, that
0: wasn't a quick answer, but <laughs> no,
1: no, it's great. I love it, and uh, I'll just for the record, that is two to three more than I have in my home. So <laughs> I think we have one. But well, Lisa, this has been just I I've so thoroughly enjoyed talking with you about your journey about your your advice for us as as creators and about food I, it's lunchtime where i am so i'm hungry now of <laughs> course um but before we go one thing if people are interested in in learning more they want to learn get recipes from you they want to connect with you where where should they go
0: oh amazing thank you so They can find me on Instagram at tried.tested.true. It's a little bit of a mouthful, I know. Um, And then also on YouTube, my channel is Tried, Tested, and True. And you can also um, find my website, which is tried triedtestedandtrue.com, where you can find all of my recipes and also order my new cookbook, which um, is going to be shipping at the end of this month. It's over 100 instant pot recipes all in one amazing resource. Um, I also have another cookbook that you can purchase anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble online. Um, And that one's 175 instant pot recipes for one. So they're all single serve recipes.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, go check, go check those links out, go find it. We'll put them in the description and the doobly doo down below. So uh, (laughs) Lisa, before we go, we always like to ask our guests for their, their final take. So I'm curious, after all this conversation, things we've talked about, what would you say is your final take?
0: You know, I think that the final take from this conversation is that you just have to start somewhere. And once you start and you have something good to bring to the world, which I believe everyone does, then YouTube, the algorithms, everything will work for you. Because if you're trying to put good out into the world, I think good will come back to you. So that's my final take.
1: Fantastic. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. It's been such an honor and a wonderful joy just to talk to you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. The honor was mine.
1: Oh, thank you. All right, everybody. You heard it from from Lisa. Go get started. If you haven't started, get started. If you're already in the process, Take time to figure out what's going to get you better. I love her story about just taking time to research and figure out what's going to get her to that next level. And that's the kind of work that goes in consistently. Whether you're making videos for yourself as a creator, even if you're working for an organization, take that time. We, we say this all the time on the show at the end of every single show, right? Like we take time to get better. Now, of course, if you've got things that you want to give us to help, you want to help us to get better, leave us comments in, in below. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss one of our episodes or you can email us at thevisuallounge@textment.com at TechSvent.com because we love to hear, you know, is there someone you want to see? Is there questions you want us to ask? Is there something that we should be talking about that help you to get better? Well, we're there for you. We want to help you on this journey. So whatever it is you're doing, we hope you take a little bit of time to level up every single day. Thanks, everybody.